no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 20 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your host, Ryan. And Nate. And this is actually the first time, and hopefully not the last time, but I mean, let's let's hope that this doesn't happen again. Um, we're actually... How, how many miles do we live apart from each other? Um, like 20? 20, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, so Nate is currently at home, and I'm currently at my house. It is about... 10 30 at night yeah okay well we're both sick so we both couldn't yeah really make it to the podcast Th- studio to do this it actually makes more sense that we're split apart because we would probably get each other even more sick which is a bad thing but it's good um <laughs> what a way to start <laughs> we definitely don't want to continue being sick because we have jobs and we're not trying to be out of that because we need to make money to support this podcast um but as always we want to say thanks to all of our listeners i think we're almost at three thousand, dude yeah i checked and we're like two like 2800 about yeah dude and with this episode that's easily gonna bring us over three thousand. and you know how we were just talking about like we just hit two thousand what like two episodes ago yeah like two or three ago yeah like come on man like every week is about close to 400 listens so like and what did i say last episode Ten thousand within like a couple like two three months yeah that is very very possible no for sure i would say within like the next four months we could do that easily and it's like it, it looks so good like wait when you get to like ten thousand or like over nine thousand this is like a dragon ball z thing but when you get like over nine thousand does it turn into 10k or does it really show like the full number um i'm not sure i'm not sure actually we'll I have hope to check on that shows like 10k because that looks more more legit looks more official. but anyways yeah. um thank you to all of our listeners it's the first episode of 2018 and you probably can hear that you know everything is better about this episode the audio is better the music sounds different that's all i mean on my part i'm trying to make everything sound a little bit more different so you can distinguish almost like a season one versus season two you know what i mean like everything's <laughs> a little bit more extra in season two so i decided to ramp things up a bit but for the first episode of the new year um we wanted to talk about something that we kind of talked about what what last episode and in all our episodes sort of yeah it, it is a very recurring topic but we kind of mentioned in the more recent episode about the trends of 2018 and kind of what we're calling to be the big things of this year and i think one of the things that we focused on a lot last episode and really a lot of episodes is this idea of identity did i say that right or did i kind of like overly pronounce the word (laughs) (laughs) no you're good yeah yeah. so basically yeah so identity we're we're really focusing on this idea of of just a person's ident so somebody identifying with a brand identifying with um a a trend of fashion sense how else would you say it um i mean what we're basically going to be talking about is just the identity, I guess, of streetwear 
going into 2018 yeah. and what that means yeah. and how we define that. So, and and I think it varies because in just a couple more recent articles that we've been looking into is there seems to be a huge disconnect in regards to the streetwear brands and and I'm using streetwear as as like a in quotation marks right now because a lot of these brands that are that we affiliate as <clears throat> excuse me as we affiliate as being part of streetwear don't actually consider themselves a part of streetwear which is really weird and and i'm trying to understand is is there a negative stigma behind the actual word in in which some of these companies just don't want to be a part of that um i don't i think the opposite actually i think people want to be a part of streetwear i think streetwear is something that has been commercialized and kind of has been latched onto because streetwear has this sort of aura of cool behind it you know what i'm saying like we always talk about no yeah definitely like the allure of streetwear has always been it's if you know you know type attitude you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i think there's this idea with some companies though they see and and it is kind of like a, a different perspective and it makes sense when people say the word streetwear people a lot of people think you know snapback hats and graphic t-shirts you know so when it comes to like certain brands and i mean you could probably name a couple like um these brands that sort of transcend streetwear and are almost like in that that gray area of high fashion as well like uh you know like a off-white or um even sometimes like like the brand Pyrex or Hood by Air, they never considered themselves like purely streetwear. It was always like, you know, we're a higher echelon of streetwear, almost as if there's like a, a new term for it, you know, that hybrid streetwear that that is out there. And I think I think with a lot of those types of brands, the term streetwear is very is almost negative in a sense. But for a lot of these other brands, maybe like brands as if maybe, you know, younger kids are trying to make, they don't really see that term streetwear as being like anything negative. They just see it as cool clothing at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about in so many other episodes, like streetwear is such a broad term these days. It's not very specific anymore. So like you were saying, brands like an off-white or maybe like even like a Balenciaga that's like a you know like a storied like fashion house can be considered streetwear so I think it depends on the context and who's actually using the word and that kind of determines whether or not it's a positive or negative but I think these days like wait what yeah what's your question no go 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 yeah I think the word streetwear is almost like being thrown around as just a buzzword for fashion in general these days, you know? I think that makes sense because when you use that word, you're almost as if it's almost like wanting to be a part of the cool crowd. Yeah, exactly. You know, because like, like the, like a Balenciaga, right? Like they've always been, you know, highly renowned for what they did on, basically the other side like the fashion side Mm -hmm. but in order to get more in tune with the kids that obviously at the time weren't really spending lots of money on you know high fashion clothing and more so they'd be spending it on expensive shoes or whether it's supreme because supreme and them are sort of in the same sort of price 
area, I, I would say. But when it comes to like Balenciaga, it's all right. How do we market this collection? Maybe it could, or yeah, how do we market this collection to a group of people that would essentially buy it? Or how do we become a part of that that group of people that would buy it? And so what they did was basically threw graphics on t-shirts and sweaters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's their version of saying like we want to be a part of streetwear. This is what people in streetwear wear. They wear graphic p- t-shirts, they wear graphic hoodies with weird designs on them. This is what we're going to push to them and they've been able to succeed, which I'm not surprised about at all. Yeah, I know? mean that's more of the commercial aspect of it, you know? Like wanting to reach out to a broader audience because of course you're going to have those people that have been, you know, following your brand for forever. Like, of course, like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, like all these renowned fashion houses, they're, they're always going to have a significant following. But I think at the end of the day, it's more so like, how do they differentiate themselves from each other? And I think branching out to kind of capture that streetwear audience was kind of their commercial, like their move, um, in order to kind of gain more of a foothold in that, uh, in the market, you know what I'm saying? So answer this question then, because this idea, and we talk about this a lot as well, is it being a brand in streetwear, you almost, and streetwear is already a, a niche community, right? So when you come in as a brand, it used to be that I come in as a brand and I want this subgroup within this niche community, Yeah. right? Yeah. You don't want to you don't want your clothes to be liked by everybody in streetwear. You want it to be liked by certain types of people in streetwear. Yeah. So like, for example, like a born and raised is really about a certain group of people within streetwear or within, you know, streetwear culture. Yeah. I mean, Um, basically it's like you want, like if you had a brand, you would want other people that are like-minded to be on board with that brand and, Everybody else is kind of whatever. Yeah. So when we see like a, a Balenciaga, right? We see, I don't know, you could probably name some other companies, but can you, you're starting to see this trend of people starting to not just make clothing for this designated group. You're seeing them making it for everybody. Yeah. Do you see that nowadays? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and is, does, is that, kind of showing that this idea of what the true essence of streetwear that we always talk about is kind of like depleting because it all initially started with this I'm making this for people that think like me but now people are are making it because they want everybody to think like me or they want everybody to to wear it rather than I want everybody to sort of live by this they just want everybody to wear it you know yeah I mean I think it's just it has to do with fueling that like insatiable appetite for wanting something new or wanting something different. I think that has a big part to play in that. And I think it has a lot to do with companies wanting to be as diverse and being able to adapt to like how quickly things change, how quickly like trends emerge. I think that has a lot, that has a lot to do with it too. Do you think that's good though? I think it is because, well, I think it is like with everything, there's always a pro and there's always pros and cons. Like, I think it's good yeah. because 
like we as consumers of streetwear and fashion in general, like we, we have more options than we did, let's say like 10 years ago, you know, like there's yeah. so much out there that it like blows my mind. And it, but it and does, it's easily accessible. Yeah. As well, it's easily, it's easily accessible um, for anyone really. But at the same yep. time, it's like, there's so much stuff out there that it's kind of tough to like sift through it and wade through it and figure out, what is actually meaningful what is actually contributing to um uh, i don't want to use the word culture because that was such a 2017 word but yeah. you know you know what i'm saying like no i know exactly what you're yeah. saying so we'll just insert like a bleep there yeah um but i think in in regards to like what you just said it gives us more options right yeah like you said we have to sift through um what we perceive as trash and what we perceive as, you know, quality stuff, but that's all subjective to the next, to the next person. So for us, and this is always something that super excites me a lot is when I see something that I always tell you is like to that, that shoe or that brand is like terrible, but then I see somebody pull it off really well. I'm just like, well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Cause you know, like people have their subjective taste and, and something that, I may not like would be something that somebody's like raving about. I mean, even so even you it, and I cool like see that. when we were doing our last episode, like there's some stuff that we agreed on, some stuff that we disagreed yeah. on. So it's like at the end of the day, you're right; it is very subjective. Like, and even this whole topic is pretty subjective. Like, people may think this sort of streetwear boom is a good thing, or people may call it a bust because it's kind of diluting the culture or watering it down or whatever it may be. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's all subjective at the yeah. end of the day. Definitely. So let's talk about what we identify with because that's a, I mean, that's a huge sort of topic in itself in terms of who we are, what we like, what we identify with, what we sort of latch on to. In regards to some of the brands that you like personally, what is it about them that you sort of, you can identify with because there's a lot of major overarching themes when it comes to clothing brands. And, and even when it comes to certain articles of clothing that we attach ourselves to, but if you like describe, I mean, the, the general consensus with, with some of the brands that you already talk about and the ones that you like is pretty well known by now by our audience on the podcast, they can probably name your top three brands, but um, sort of speak to what it is that you attach so much to. Like, why is it that you would, if you had the choice, you would, if they were a sponsor, you'd wear it for, you, wear it for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? What is it about them? Um, I think timelessness. I think overall, since we do live in such like a fast-paced world these days where, like I was saying earlier, things change in an instant, I think... Yeah the ability to remain timeless is very key. And that's something that I really, really resonate with and I'm really drawn to just because one, I know it's always going to be in style and it's always, I don't know. It's just, I don't, and it just has this aura of, of cool that never fades away. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, definitely. And it through the, I mean, a lot of these brands have stood the test of time and, 
through different eras and decades and and what have you and you've seen how it's been adapted from its traditional use like uh for example like a dickies in terms of its workwear and now you see it being implemented in everyday's everyday you know fashion and and all that stuff. exactly and, it's and a, that's that's something that you can see like within the year of yeah the way i look dickies at it is gonna have a fashion show <laughs> <laughs> the way I, I can imagine that the way i look at it is that like brands that are timeless they tell a story like for instance like you said like a dickies or like a carhartt like they started out as workwear companies built for people who worked you know in mines or whatever mechanics whatever it may be but now they have like things like carhartt work in progress things like that so it's interesting to see how brands evolve over like decades and i think that timelessness is it just i don't know it just tells a story and it it just enriches like the consumer a little bit more if you know what i'm saying if you know what i mean no yeah it it per, it makes them part of almost like a legacy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. they're they're a another stepping stone in terms of where the brand sort of transitions into, and you almost feel as if you're a part of the story, which is is actually really cool. And I've never really thought of it like that. And you you have to understand, like a lot of this whole like um, cult like following is real within streetwear. And a lot of these brands actually have like almost like these, um, I think it's synonymous with like basically gangs or crews behind it. So like, uh, like a Stussy and Stussy's, uh, international tribe, you know, like they all wear the, the letterman jackets and they all feel like as if they're part of a frat, you know, and, and it's, it's a really cool piece behind the brand that not a lot of people talk to and and sort of their love and affinity for the actual brand even past it being a brand but it being more of like a family you know yeah yeah but i mean and that those things are crazy like i saw one on ebay recently that i was gonna get it was from um and they do it by chapters and i think uh very rarely do they like release them to the the public i think they released one maybe like less than a year ago but they do them by like uh their chapters and i think i saw a seoul korea chapter international stussy tribe uh letterman jacket that was so sick how much was it it's actually pretty decent for the price but it was like 290 oh, okay that's not bad i thought you were gonna say like five like a solid five nah, it was it was a little old but it was it's still like a like a classic looking piece yeah yeah it's leather too yeah but. i mean you could always wear that but anyways we're, what were we talking about oh all right let me ask you this let me ask you this do you think we have reached peak streetwear i th- i think so I think, I mean, uh, this doesn't mean that the podcast is, is going to be ending anytime soon because we obviously have, as long as people are wearing clothes, we have some shit to talk about. But in terms of the idea of streetwear, this this idea of um, what started out as a niche, very specific, very cult-like um, 
clothing movement or lifestyle, what I, I like to call it, I think I think it has reached its peak. I think the whole Supreme Louis Vuitton thing really pushed it over to the edge of what was, you know, what was word of mouth to now is mainstream. So it does make it kind of difficult to really, really create um, that sort of sphere of of influence in regards to people being about clothing and being about shoes without turning it into a business you know because streetwear was all about wearing your stuff it was all about uh sort of corralling around the conversation of 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 your clothing and brands and stuff like that basically what we're doing but now it's turned into this reselling market and and capitalizing off of off of name brands rather than actually wearing them so i think in regards to where streetwear is at i think it's definitely hit its peak but like we said last episode that's where you're going to start to see like what was old is now new and there's always like a recycle of things nowadays so but in regards to streetwear i think the the names are still going to stick around but where the envelope could be pushed it's it's very scarce because we use it as an example is my one of the most underrated shoe releases was Nike and Stash, right? And you, and that went so under the radar and was so unhyped that that's how you know like streetwear is is slowly dying because something like that what would have been like a thousand times hotter if it was like five ten years ago, you know, but it's just not that time anymore. And I, and and I just don't, and even Jordan, like Jordan's man, like Jordan releases and all that stuff. Like, it's just not, I don't think it's there anymore. For me, I think streetwear will continue to be a thing. I just think streetwear as we know it will cease to exist. I think it'll still be alive, but it's going to take on a whole different shape than we've seen. Yeah. In the past few years, up until you know today, um, whether or not that's a good or bad thing uh, is yet to be seen. But I think in some like way, shape, or form, like the essence of streetwear will always be there, just because yeah, definitely. It, it's it was it's such an influential part of popular culture and just you know just like American culture in general, or even globe, like culture across the globe in general too, that it'll always remain a part of just, it'll always be there, but it may not be what it once was, you know, for better. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think we'll be able to identify with the and I, we can call it the era of streetwear just like most older people identify themselves as living in the 60s or living in in the 70s or being a baby boomer we can say that we live through the era of streetwear which sounds ridiculous but it was a very influential time for a lot of us and you can see how we identify it with with it so much enough to to create an entire conversation about it a weekly conversation about streetwear which to most people seems sort of rudimentary but for us it's just like um it's an actual thing that we decided to focus on because there is so much you know 
there's a lot of specifics to to the brands and and what they were able to do because you got to think before streetwear I mean there was graphic t-shirts but there was no message behind graphic t-shirts you know there was no there was no person telling like creating an entire brand off of off of like um like a feeling or an angst so it's it's crazy to think that that's what street wars turn into is this idea of i can take my ideas or my message and put it on a t-shirt with a graphic and make everybody else believe in it and that's the part that i sort of identify with the most about street wars there's there's a person's sort of what's the word i wouldn't say well-being but there's a person's like uh livelihood put into these clothes there's like a repu- their reputation is put into these clothes their ego is put into these clothes so there's something about that 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 really resonates with me because it's not just a garment it's it's like an embodiment of a person and it takes a lot for somebody to to throw their whole you know their whole well-being into an article of clothing and hopefully people you know fuck with it yeah and yeah i mean just kind of going back to what i said earlier about the evolution of streetwear um i mean in the next 5 10 20 years or whatever like we're st- i feel like we're still going to be seeing the same thing we're still going to be seeing that sort of creative passion for you know making something that's your own and doing something uh like you know the whole essence of creating streetwear i think we'll see that for yeah. sure but yeah definitely it may be just executed differently is what I'm trying to, what is what I'm trying to, what I was trying no. To, yeah. yeah. Like we, like we see now, you can start to see how a lot of the major focus is on some of these, I wouldn't call them smaller because in terms of popularity, it's not, it, it's not really about like wide scale sales anymore. It's about how popular you are in the, ter- in terms of where everybody's attention is. Yeah. So, Obviously, you can say like a hundred is selling, you know, all over the world. But in terms of attention, more people are focusing on a on a pleasures than than a, than a hundreds right now. Yeah. So you do know, you, so so do you think that that global reach has more value than like financial success these days? I, I hate using that word, and I know you hate hearing it, but this idea of uh, of what makes a brand successful nowadays is is the clout. Like you can't really, it's hard to 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 stack the two up because you can tell a kid who's like insanely in the street. We're probably more than me and you. We can be like, you know, do you like the hundreds? Like, or do you like pleasures? And they're probably like, pleasures is the hottest thing out right now. You know what I mean? They're like, they're like what Fubu was in the nineties, but you can't you couldn't argue with them because that's all they know. So it's hard to like really, to really pinpoint like who's doing good, who's doing bad. But I can tell you that the trend or what it's going to turn into is these up and coming brands and whoever comes after, you know, the pleasures, the Chinatown market, the, um, the, the more like up and coming brands, they're, they're going to start basically just creating stuff and putting it on Instagram. And that's how you're going to start seeing streetwear brands pop up, but they're all taking it, taking the blueprint from, you know, the people who did it before them. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously we've already seen that happen with the yeah. likes of, like you said, Pleasures or Antisocial, Social Club, whatever it may no, be. That's a good example right there. I was, I was trying to think of the other yeah, one. Yeah, like obviously a presence on the internet, social media, whatever is huge. Like I think that just having that big of a reach on those platforms means a lot more than being able to being able to like sell a t-shirt these days you know if you yeah. know what i'm saying like no i know exactly what you mean now let me ask you this is like this is a good question for for you because this is like the embodiment of this this whole conversation about identifying with something do you think that nowadays kids are identifying more with the articles of clothing rather than the actual brand putting the clothing out uh like the actual pieces versus like the brand for example people like kids will buy a pair of let's say track pants right yeah they don't care what brand they're from as long as they're buying track pants but back in the day we will buy let's say that same pair of track pants but from the brand that we identify with or our favorite brand only. It doesn't matter if if five of the brands are releasing the same thing, better materials or cheaper price, we're buying it from the brand that we identify with the most. Um, I think people these days are buying into more so the brands than the actual products. You think so? Yeah, for sure. Like, why is, for instance, like the most obvious case, why is, why is Supreme so popular? Because it's supreme, like it yeah. could. If Stussy was doing the same thing, or if the hundreds are doing the same thing, like I don't think anybody would be buying it. Supreme is sells out because it's supreme. You know what I'm saying? No, like yeah, that makes sense. Supreme, I guess, to some people has this <laughs> sort of essence of cool. This sort of like exclusivity to it. Yeah. which I think appeals to a lot of people and that has more so to do with the brand itself rather than like the pieces of clothing. Like, yeah, a box logo is very like pretty hard to get your hands on, but at the end of the day, it's because it's a Supreme box logo. That's why it yeah. holds so much value, I guess, to people. No, that's definitely true. But I think as you get older and something that I'm starting to realize now is I look at, like some of the Supreme, and I've sold off a, a lot of what I had so far, but when I do look at something like a box logo and I look at it, I'm just like, like four, three years ago when I bought this, like, like this is what I really, really wanted. And this is what all that I thought about and all that stuff. But now when I look at it, I'm just like, I can use this to put a down payment on a car or something like that. Like your sort of priorities change in what you identify what you identify with. So now when I, when I look at clothing and I look at like a, like a, like a car heart and I'm just like, like I, I identify with this. I identify with, with heart, working hard and, you know, like a nine to five. And like, that's this is the type of clothing that somebody who, who really gets down or dirty wears, you know, like it's, it's like, um, it's like a shift in mindset depending on, on what you're wearing. Like I find myself wearing, you know, comfort over qual or comfort over you know over fashion now and it's it, it is like a thing of, of growing up and sort of what works for you rather than 
what you think you look good in, I guess. And yeah. that's just the sort of huge shift that I've been having within the past couple of months. Yeah. I mean, what I said was more of like a general statement for me, for sure. Like I focus more so on like the actual pieces as opposed to the brands. Like, of course, if something stands out to me, like I'm going to like it. doesn't matter yeah. what brand it may be. But I think a lot of people just kind of get caught up in in brand in specific brands because they think a certain brand holds more value over like another. If you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, like a Louis Vuitton obviously holds more prestige, holds sort of like a higher place as opposed to like like a Carhartt or like a Dickies, like in some people's mm-hmm. mind. But I mean, for me, like it really depends on a specific piece. Like would I like to wear Gucci sweatpants? Of course. But am I? Oh, I would love to. Yeah. Like, of course (laughs) I would love to. But at the end of the day, I think I'm okay in my Dickies, like 874 work pants too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Perfectly fine. But okay. Let's say, obviously if we were in a, a higher echelon where we could afford that stuff, do you think we would still identify with what we liked and, and, and sort of what these, these brands sort of speak to, or do we think with a little bit more money say even in the future with a little bit more fame, we'll start to identify with things that sort of resonate with being famous and having money, uh, those sort of brands. Do you think that that would be a thing? Um, Yes and no. I think for me, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, I would, of course, buy nice things here and there. But at the end of the day, clothes are clothes. Like, yeah, buying more expensive stuff sometimes means better quality. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the, at the end, at the end of the day, excuse me, ugh. Cough medicine coming through. End of shout the out, day. Shout out, <laughs> shout out NyQuil. Um, um, yeah, I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is that I'm still going to like what I like, regardless of how much money I'm making. You know, I think Yeah. overall, like my taste will stay the same just because I know it works for me and I know it doesn't, you know? Yeah. And I think like, obviously when we do become, I'm going to say like in terms of like, <laughs> A list, B list, maybe like we'd be like a C list celebrity, like you know, e, maybe E list, D list. Nah, nah, that's that's way too low. I I'd say definitely C list. We'll star in a couple of commercials. Um, we'll we'll feature in some in some shows and stuff like that, but nothing too crazy. We'll we won't be famous in Hollywood. We'll be famous in like Chicago on the or internet. something like that. Yeah, on the internet only. We'll we'll be a complex advice, and you know, we'll do we'll do those things. But if anything. I'd say at the end of the day, for those listening, I say rather than identifying with a particular brand, a particular style, a particular trend, I say you just identify with being yourself at the end of the day. Identify with the qualities and the characteristics that make you a better person, make you make you happy, essentially, because like like you said, it's just clothing at the end of the day. You know, like, and sometimes you can sort of affiliate yourself and identify with, with particular clothing brands because some have actually like amazing messages. Like I'm not gonna lie. The hundreds has one of the best 
you know, messages and, and they sort of, you know, like spray painted all over their clothing and sort of what they're after and being rebellious and being an individual and all that stuff. Who else has, who do you think has like a good message to be spoken to uh, within their brand? Um, what do you mean? Like a good message? What do you mean by that? Like they have, they just have good people behind them. They have good, solid thinking individuals and they, and they always have something like good to say about, um, whether it's streetwear or just being a person or a human, you know? Um, Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know really. I mean, for me, it's kind of hard to say just because like, a lot of the people or a lot of people are very behind closed doors about what, like how they feel. But, um, uh, I would have to say like Brendan Babensian of Noah, I think. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I think he is always very outspoken about how he feels about literally anything. Like a lot of his, um, collections are inspired by like how he feels about climate change or the political climate or whatever it may be. So yeah, I think he always has some sort of message, some sort of narrative that he's trying to push or that he's not trying to push, but maybe just trying to share, you know? No. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a really good one. And, um, I think, uh, one that I want to point out and one that I've always felt like I identified with because it's such a great, they have such a great message just off of the name of their brand. But Billionaire Boys Club always makes you feel as if like you could be doing more. You could be making more money. You could be bossing up in some sort of way. And I feel like having something that's almost like, I wouldn't say it's unachievable for most, but for most it probably is. But becoming a billionaire in terms of a mindset, like you can't, you can't beat something like that, you know? And what Pharrell does with, with, some of their catchphrases and and designs and stuff. It's really about a billionaire mindset that really is like, really speaks to me. And I always thought there was really cool because it's, it's really just like pushing people to be the best they can be. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. Um, And I think a lot of brands try to do that, but a lot of brands are also about empowerment and about, you know, um, standing up for what you believe in. And, And I think, we're definitely starting to see a lot of those with these newer brands coming up. I mean, obviously, I don't know how well an anti-social social club is with things like depression and all that stuff. I don't think that that's like their major focus. It would be cool if they said that they donated to, you know, foundations regarding that. But I highly doubt it. Um, that money's going towards um, Neek Lurk's fucking Lamborghini New, or like Ferrari. McLaren. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Um, but I think that with the sort of transition of these newer brands coming up, I hope that they really focus on like this idea of impressionable youth because people that wear certain clothing or and f- you can obviously see it like everybody wants to be like their famous Instagram star be an Instagram model like so everybody's very impressionable as they're growing up so with these newer brands they definitely have to focus on the message that they're putting out there because kids are going to start identifying with the clothes that they wear even more so nowadays than they were before it's not like 
it's not like people who wore huff like all of a sudden just wanted to start skateboarding but you definitely see kids who are wearing like you know like pleasures like start listening to like emo like punk rock music like you know like you start to see you definitely see the transition of of where that's going to now yeah and i mean like what i want what i want to see from brands going into 2018 and in the future is just keeping that streetwear tradition alive and keeping that whole sort of um that's whole sort of history in the back of their minds so that like for for the younger kids like they have an experience that's similar to what we experienced when we were younger you know what i'm saying yeah definitely yeah so looking forward into the future i really hope that we get to see that still in whatever shape or form that may come about as so yeah and i think that makes sense and i think that's a great way to end this episode i wouldn't call this a little bit short i'd say that it was more you know short and sweet i think we provided a lot of good good nuggets for our listeners and what is that that's episode 20 episode 20 Jesus in the book how, how many weeks are in a year 52 right? 52 i believe yeah yeah we're not even halfway there so i think that's a good that's a good thing because we're gonna have dude by 52 episodes i'm all right i'm calling this right now and i will give a thousand dollars to uh, I'll give a thousand dollars to the first person that 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 second guesses me on this when we don't hit our mark. But after fifty two episodes, we'll have a few hundred thousand listens. Maybe I want to say a million listens by fifty two. Fifty two. Fifty two episodes, dude. A million listens. Just doing the math, it kind of makes sense. All right. Almost. We'll see. Well, not really. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to make that bet right now. But anyways, um that is episode 20 of the No Chance podcast. Make sure um if you're listening to this episode, you uh will provide our our PO box and address so you guys can send us, you know, Theraflu and NyQuil and all. Please, <laughs> Shit, I'm just please. kidding. We're dying. <laughs> and we're trying to get to episode 21. Hopefully we don't we don't uh we don't die from from these flus. But anyways, Episode 20 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your host, your sick host, Ryan. And Nate. And we'll catch you next week. Peace.